and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I'm Tyler Smith. I'm David Bax. And thank you for listening. David. Yes. How you doing? Um, I guess I'm okay. Oh. <laughs> uh, what's up, buddy? Uh, nothing. Lots of uh, things are going on that are oh, bad I'm in the sorry. world. But, oh, oh um, sure. In the world, yeah. Yes, yes. Um, but uh, I'm in a good mood, though, because... As I teased last week, we uh, got something from a listener. How exciting. Uh, I'm going to just say, Camille, Camille, thank you okay. for sending us uh, something all the way from the Czech Republic. And I'm sorry it's taken us so long to get to it. Now, I happen to know from the customs form that there are two DVDs in it. How exciting. Uh, <laughs> that's what it says on the customs form here. A little slip. Um, but maybe, I don't, who knows? Maybe there's a note? Yeah. I'm kind of hoping there's a note. If not, this is just us looking at DVDs. I mean, you know, whatever. Usually there's a note that says, hey, here's why I'm sending you this. But, uh, oh yeah, here we go, here we go. Okay, so. Ooh, it's typed, I like that, I like that. You like a typed note? Yeah, because well, it's easier for me to read. Mm. Um, okay, Camille says, dear Tyler and David, thank you so much for speaking up and even donating for Ukraine. Um, this war is going on so close to my home and so far from yours, and yet without American support, not only Ukraine, but half of Europe would have become Putin's playground years ago. Mm-hmm. I'm sending you two movies from the Czech cinema canon. Uh, one, an adoring spoof of American westerns. The other, a surrealist horror about an orderly citizen turning into a Nazi. Both were made in 1960s, when the Czechoslovak communist regime mellowed into a socialist one, and our cinema rose in an incredibly powerful new wave. So many greats and timeless films were made in those years before the Russians came with their quote-unquote brotherly help, which means uh, tanks, Mm. to quote-unquote normalize, which means occupy us. Uh, Hope you like these little gems as much as Czech people do. All best, Camille. Um... Boy, oh boy! Thank you, uh, thank you, Camille. This is uh, that's very touching. I'm sorry. I feel bad that um, we took so long to get to it, but yeah. see my comment about awful things going on in the world still sadly relevant. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, now it's a nice evergreen comment. That's that's the, yeah. what's great about it. Now here's what's exciting to me: the custom slip may have said two DVDs. I, I these are Blu-rays. I literally had the thought that someone's like, eh. yeah, like. You know, it's a normie who doesn't care. Uh, yeah. Um, All right, so what do we got here, David? And which one do you want? Um, which one do I, I want? You're the one that bothered to take the plastic off, and that, that looked like a chore. It was so a I'll, chore. I'm going to give you um, first. To, I mean, no, I mean, dips. if I had my brothers, I'd take both of them. You're uh, not doing that. Um, I know. Uh, well, th- there's the... Uh, Nazi one. So these are all... I mean, these are in Czech. I have no idea. If they're subtitled? Um... Yeah, I wouldn't even know where to look and see. Uh, see. Or if they would even work on our players. Okay, this one says Anglica, so I'm guessing that means it has English subtitles. Sure. Um, This one, it is very dark. (laughs) I normally don't mind. This lamp isn't uh, isn't working right now. To read. Um, This one I can't even really figure out. Uh, Well, this one has English link, like... English writing on the back. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think so. Both have, yeah. Um, both have uh, English subtitles. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's good. Um, and I don't know what the the movies are called. Um, There's the Western and the other one. Yeah, Spalovac Mertvol and the Mudadavi Joe, a Nebkonska opera. I don't know what either of those means. We'll figure it out later. Um, who gets what? Yeah, but uh, thank you so much, Camille. That's, that's very, it's very touching. Uh, yes, absolutely. That was a, that was a very nice note. I appreciate it. You had something else on your mind? Oh. Something you said was very stupid. <laughs> it's very stupid. <laughs> By it, I mean me. Um, so, okay. you know, it, it's one of those things where. So you're talking about the world and uh, the fucked upness of it, and it's one of those things where just there are. I kind of go in waves of like I I have a pretty good idea of some major things that are happening and then there'll be then a valley will come along and just like oh it's it's finals and I'm grading papers at the same time the kids are sick or something like that and before you know it's like people are referencing stuff I'm like what's up Mm -hmm. and I don't usually know I'm in a valley (laughs) until someone references something and I've got I don't have a clue 
I think I'm in a valley right now. Okay. Here's why. Because on Twitter, somebody uh, retweeted something and, and the retweet mentioned like the only Republican who stands for anything is uh, L. Cheney. And when I when I looked at that, I th- my first thought was like, is this wait? Like I thought that was a joke because I thought they were talking about Lon Cheney. Yeah, I knew exactly where you were going. Yeah. Different spelling of Cheney. Different though. spelling of Cheney. Yes, yeah. that's and that's what got me there yeah. uh, to realize they were talking about Liz Cheney. But as I like, I genuinely when I looked at that, like it just didn't compute. Like the only L Cheney spelling aside, I know of. Is Lon Chaney, yeah, both junior and senior, they're dancing th- with the Queen, uh, doing the Werewolves of London. Um, oh, that's right. But uh, but yeah, and so like it, it's just like I feel like if I were more in tune, because I usually I, I I feel like I usually know which Republicans are kind of breaking with uh, with the party uh, in some capacity, and so I feel like that my mind like ground to a halt because I could not instinctively conceive of who L Cheney could be outside of Lon Cheney. I think that speaks to my being in a bit of a valley right now. And immediately I'm like, I got to read some stuff because uh, yeah. uh, I don't know what's happening at the moment. Um, I don't know. I, I would say right now might be a good time to check out. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I okay. might be checking out um, um, this, this weekend is going to be a shit show. Oh, okay. um, but uh but I do read a lot of... Um, I read Politico pretty regularly. Okay. And um, by pretty regularly, I mean, like, literally all the time. <laughs> it's a problem. Too often, you think? I mean, I don't think... I think there's a reason that I switched to Politico in that it is best suited to get me the information I need without angering me. Oh, okay, sure. Because it's, it's so... I mean, I, there are opinion... You know, there are editorials. I don't read that stuff. Um, you know, so I, I stick to, uh, I think I've told you off mic before that I have a very narrow, but robust media diet. Mm. I have four media sources that I read regularly that are all pretty mainstream because you get too far either way, stuff starts to get crazy and infuriating. So left to right. Okay. I read Washington Post, Politico, Wall Street Journal, the Econ- or Economist, Wall Street, Wall Street Journal. Okay. Uh, that's left to right. Those are the four things that I that I read. I don't because I went through my period during the Bush years of reading fucking Daily Coast and Talking Points Memo and all that, all that. Uh, um, have you ever shit. done and anything now, with Young Turks? Like, have you ever read or watched not, anything of theirs? I know what they are. It's not my boy. Oh boy. Yeah. But then, but like, friend of the show. Jimmy Dore aside, who I've watched a couple things, and Jimmy is a very left guy. Mm-hmm. He like I watched a video. It's like holy shit, he's like the voice of reason. Not to suggest he's unreasonable, but like he's the one being like, hey, hang on, guys. <laughs> and yeah, like not to again, like just because you're you're super like just because they're super far left doesn't mean they're unreasonable. But the, their tone was such that he was just like, oh, I, this is a bit a bit much for me. Yeah. Um. But then you got I me. Mean, I don't read the stuff on the right either, including like the website you've mentioned before. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't read. Uh, oh uh, yeah. Uh, I, any of any of that stuff. I keep it in the middle to try and get as much information uh, without the uh, theatrics and fury. The only. I think. On on the right, uh, the only I was like, going somewhere with that. But oh, I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry, no, no. Go ahead and say what you were going to say. Uh, on the right, the only uh, the only like commentary I read is usually National Review, and even then, there are certain writers I don't read. Um, um yeah. Uh, and what I was going to say is Politico in particular. The one thing that always throws me is because I was only come up a couple times, but if they have reason to refer to. The John Favreau, who was in Swingers and directed Iron Man and stuff like that, they refer to him as the other John Favreau. Yeah, see? that's so strange to me. Like, no, the 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 Obama speechwriter. That's the other John Favreau. That's the did you know? There's also this yeah. guy. But to the political people, like, no, the Hollywood guy is he's the other John Favreau. And and this is this is me. It's like, look, 
I think it's safe to say Lon Chaney not as relevant as he used to be. But <laughs> John Favreau, like, hey, you know the movies that everyone everyone sees regardless of political stripe, and it changed the face of what movies can be as far as like cinematic universes and stuff. Not to mention the idea of like the sadly unfortunate trend of like these quote unquote live action versions of animated right. movies. Yeah. Like, that's all John Favreau, and it's like, look, hey, speechwriter for Obama, I get it, that's yeah. big. But I would, I'm willing to argue that our John Favreau, you know what? I'm going to say he's the only John Favreau as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> All right. Um, well, let me tell you about uh, well, uh, the other. Well, we and he cons- directed Elf, the, a uh, beloved Christmas classic. The um, speechwriter John Favreau also has a, a well-known podcast, which you can listen to with your tweakedaudio.com earbuds if you want. You can go to tweakedaudio.com um, where they sell um professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors they look great they sound great tyler and i use them each every day um tyler today i was of course listening to uh the surprise new drake album that dropped a week ago oh. um and i uh regret to inform you that it's good <laughs> that i like it uh, what it, is drake not a what's well i think why do the, you regret the that? problem is that his last album that came out last September, um, Certified Lover Boy, was something he was teasing for so long and building up to for so long. And then it comes out and it's like um, ridiculously like overlong um, and not good. And it feels like it's Drake like sort of trying to be what he thinks people want from mm. Drake at this time. And then like nine months later he goes, Oh yeah, here's a whole other album, and it's called Honestly Nevermind. It doesn't sound anything like Certified Lover Boy. It doesn't necessarily sound anything like previous Drake. As a lot of people have talked, uh, have said before, it's more of a low key dance album than a hip hop album. Hmm. Um, it's under an hour, thank God, as opposed to yeah. Certified Lover Boy's like ninety minutes or whatever. The stu- we had to put the. This, this is this is what we need uh, Congress to be acting. Yes, like albums are too. Look, damn I'm long. not an anarchist. I do think that the government <laughs> should get involved in certain things. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, a lot. I'm sure a lot of people right now are calling me a clown, just saying I'm washed. All these things for liking Drake. For liking are those, this, are those this, Drake lyrics? Uh, no, okay. <laughs> just things that people say about people okay. um, for liking this new Drake. But uh, it surprised me. And uh, I thought it was—I thought it was good. And it does have one legitimate rap track on it at the end. The only one that has a guest, uh, a feature, and it's uh, uh, Twenty One Savage does a, a really good verse on the final song, um, which is called Jimmy Cooks, I think. Uh, anyway, sounding great on my TweakedAudio.com earbuds that are available at a low, low price at TweakedAudio.com. Uh, but if you use the offer code pretension at checkout, you get one third off that already low, low price and no shipping charges. So please go to tweakedaudio.com and use the offer code pretension. Tyler? Yes. We're back. Okay. Let's get into it. Let's Shall we? Yes. Uh, I, I, I have, look, I am a person who is always trying to better myself. Okay. You know? Wait, is that true? I am. Yeah. I mean, I mean I'm always trying huh. to like... You know, I'm always trying to, uh, and it, I mean, it has like a, there's a negative context to it too, where I maybe am overly eager to distance myself from my past self. Mm. You know, I wake up every day and try to like emulate the person I was the day before and that's not sure. good. Um, but, um, I, I, I try to change, you know, um, uh, what is, David Strathairn say on The Sopranos, education is a lifelong pursuit or something like that. Sure. Um, that character turns out to be a jerk. I um, forgot he was on The Sopranos. That's how long it's been. Oh, my gosh. Uh, well, he's uh, AJ's counselor um, when uh, Carmelo and Tony are separated, and he and Carmelo kind of right. like date a little bit. He's in a, a couple episodes there. Mr. Wegler? That's Wagler? right. I can't remember. Um, anyway, uh, that was what I was saying. So I have found something about my philosophy of being a cinephile that has changed. I think I used to feel for a long time that there are so many movies available to watch that I haven't seen that I'm not going to spend much time, you know, 
reading about what's coming. Like, I'll deal with that. I essentially had a, had a we'll cross that bridge when we get to it type sure, of mentality for sure. movies. You know, I remember... That's like, definitely where, where I am at this point in my life. Uh, there's a specific uh, um, memory I have of showing up to the press screening, a, a press screening for a movie that I had just, like, hadn't heard of until I got the screening invite. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the screening was packed, and I ran into Scott... Uh, Scott and I, uh, Battleship Pretensions editor at large, Scott and I, um, and I was like, oh, I didn't expect there to be so many people here. I didn't expect the uh, what some people have called the uh, the Easter and Christmas critics. <laughs> to, to, <laughs> that's, I didn't coin that. I think I first heard Neil from Film School Rejects say it, but I don't even think he was the one who came up with it. Um, but you know what I'm talking. I about. know exactly what you're talking about. Um, I think I am one of those. <laughs> uh, so I, I was like, I didn't expect all of these people. And the movie was blue is the warmest color. And Scott was like, it won the Palm Door. And I was mm. like, I had no idea. No. I had never heard of it because that's how, how I used to operate. I didn't. I was like, I will read about these movies when they are available for me to see. And then I will make plans to see them and, and, and care about them. It was just how I kept my head above water. And I think, as with a, as it did to a lot of things... I think the pandemic changed me a little bit. It, it was this was already starting to change um, beforehand. There were things like um, AFI Fest is every fall here in Los Angeles, and um, AFI Fest. It you know it has a few premieres you know because it's like an award season yeah. type of schedule. So like I remember like I think Inside Lou Davis premiered there. Maybe um, maybe that premiered tell you right, but it had a big show. Bird Box premiered at AFI Fest for whatever that's worth. Um, but it has a few premieres, but really what AFI Fest is is a sort of like greatest hits of the year in festivals. Sure. And so I started maybe when I started taking AFI Fest more seriously, like really going, which was like probably like five or six years ago, really like because tickets were free for a long time. So I used to treat AFI Fest as like, oh yeah, I'll reserve some tickets and if I'm free that night, I'll go. And then AFI Fest became a thing where it's like, no, I'm blocking out the week. I'm getting as many tickets. I'm going. And so maybe five years ago is when I started like, I should pay attention to what's at Berlin and Cannes and Venice and Toronto to see what I want to see when it comes to AFI Fest. But I think the pandemic really accelerated that because there were so many movies that I couldn't see for so long. Yeah. Um, and so now I have gotten to a point where I am so far from what I used to be. Like I read hella reviews that come out of all those festivals. Tribeca is either going on or just ended. Like I've been reading a lot of reviews and like I have now a spreadsheet of movies that have played festivals and, and don't have release dates that I'm interested in seeing. And when, and I check I Google every once in a while to see if they have release dates and I fill it on the spreadsheet and like make it like, uh, okay, I know like, uh, decision to leave the new Park Chan Wook like that has a release date now in October. I know when I'm gonna uh, if I don't get a press screening or whatever. I know when I'm gonna try and see Decision to Leave. So I've like my attitude towards anticipating movies and and building up expectation movies has revolutionized revolutionized or completely done a 180. I guess a revolution would be all the way around, but no, that's not true. <laughs> um, uh, uh, it's done a 180 uh, in in less than 10 years. And I guess I wanted to talk about that idea of anticipation, expectations for a movie, um, uh, and, and how it can be fun and it can be part of the conversation. I like, you know, that there are you know, other people who, like, follow festivals. I can be like, yeah. you know, are you looking forward to the, you know, what do you think of, what's his name? Uh, um, what's the name of the guy who did... Um, force majeure ruben something ostland ruben ostland like he just won he just won the palm door he did, right yeah, yeah so the, like i don't remember the name of it but yeah. um it's on my spreadsheet but i've forgotten the name of it uh as well um damn yeah i can't remember the name of it but uh uh you know so i like that that that's not part of the conversation what do you think of this guy winning this you know uh this war what do you think of his past films like um so so i've been talking for for too long tyler how you were saying you your approach is more like mine used to be how do you feel about that idea of reading about and anticipating movies before they come out 
You know, it's so interesting. I, I feel like we've talked about this before. For the longest, when I was younger and the internet, I mean, you know, the internet has been around for a good portion of our lives, but I don't think I really used it as a movie resource for a, a good long while. And so I'm trying to remember, like, in the 90s, where did I hear about movies? Like, it, let's say, like, 98, 99. Like, I remember I was looking for... <laughs> this is a ridiculous thing to say. I was looking forward to Affliction. Yeah. I do not remember where I heard of Affliction. I don't remember seeing a trailer and thinking that looks good to me. It was doing some award stuff, but I wasn't even really following awards at the time. Well, you I know, just it just I had to have heard it from somewhere, but it feels like it just faded into my brain. Like it, you know, it was a U two album that just yeah. showed up in my brain one day uh, without my permission. Um, and I don't know. It's well, I have a it thought was really on strange. that. Okay, because I had an experience recently. Um, now you know my first post like quarantine movie theater experience was over a year ago may 2021 mm. but i realized when i went to see top gun maverick that i don't think not since before the pandemic have i been to see that kind of movie mm. you, know, you know been to like i don't know if i've been to a multiplex other than for a press screening and i remember like natalie and i like got there and we got our our, our seats um i can't remember if she might have got popcorn um we got our seats we're early you know and then i'm like okay movie's gonna start in however long uh i'm gonna run to the bathroom and we're on the walk back from the bathroom walking down the corridor and stopping to look at each individual poster hmm. and like that was a real flashback i think that's a big part of how i learned about movies as a as a like a teenager is just like like I like I was in an art museum. I studied every poster oh, yeah. I passed in in the multiplex. In um, uh, that was a so that might have been one way that we got excited for movies. Oh, I definitely, and I don't want to spend all my time like in the '90s because obviously, like so much has has changed in my life uh, as far as like how I find out about movies and and the movies that I that I anticipate. Triangle of Sadness. Sorry, Triangle. That's the Ruben Austin movie. Because I, I didn't. And like, I, listeners, Tyler would test. I didn't look it up. <laughs> I was sitting there trying to, that's my Spotify oh, okay. still. Um, uh, um, I was sitting there trying to think of it the entire time. Sorry, I I, I'm such an interrupter. What I a, specifically remember asshole. thinking like, it's another shape. Yeah. Because he square. made the square yeah. and I was like, it's another shape. It's not yeah. the circle. That's a different thing. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I, I, mean, I interrupted like a jerk. I do so remember. That's <laughs> so rude. So I do remember, oh, I was trying to set you up so that you could interrupt me again. No, anyway, um, uh, this is a story I've told before, but I, I, you know, when, when you're young, yeah, like trailers really are kind of the, the, or previews as we called it back then, yeah. uh, were, were the big thing. That's how you first became aware of something. But even before that, you would get just a poster. It would just show up and the really good posters especially for someone like myself are the ones that had minimal imagery because we all knew what they meant. And to this day, look, Batman forever, not that great of a movie, yeah. but holy shit. Like I was already a fan of the Riddler. Yeah. Like I remember liking the Frank Gorshin Riddler. I love the Riddler from, uh, the animated series. And I liked Batman, uh, Batman returns. And then I specifically remember I was at a United artist theater in Denver my, I, I don't remember what I was seeing, but boy, do I remember like what, like we had our popcorn and we walked down the hallway and there was this poster and it was just all black with the bat emblem and a big green question mark about, uh, around it and a date. And that was it. And I was like, look at this one. This is a different one. Oh, that's a great one. That's a great one. <laughs> it's a but, silhouette of Dick Tracy in profile. And all it says is next summer they're out to get him. Here's the thing, though. Would you have known what that is? Like, Dick Tracy is something, like, way before our time. But like, I clearly did know at the time. It was, uh, you know, it, it wasn't... Yeah, I, that was a movie I was anticipating. I don't know where I had yeah. heard about it. That might have been one where I had seen the uh, action figures. Sometimes they oh, release yeah, action maybe. figures first. But, yeah, that Batman Forever thing, like, I mean, I was over the moon. Because, like, there is only one... It's like, 
this is black and green and there's a question mark around the bottom there's only one thing that could be yeah and he's the next logical villain uh and of course i didn't know there was going to be a new batman i didn't know who's going to play the i didn't know any of that stuff yeah i only knew that and that's all i needed to know and uh so yeah like movie uh posters and trailers were were it at the time and then you know when i uh, like after college I really started. I didn't necessarily pay attention to every festival, but I paid attention to some to big ones uh, to see, like, okay, well, what's getting some some buzz? And then I kind of fell off of that um, and just started like researching things, like just looking at like, okay, what are the uh, I, like? I would go week by week of the coming year, looking at like what was Mm. scheduled to come out essentially what we do with the like the fall and and summer movie previews uh julie does that of course uh which we really appreciate yes thank Um, you julie and so that's what i would do and essentially it was just like i'm i'm just going by what sounds good to me based on story or filmmaker and uh and i don't really do that anymore for various reasons one is i just don't have time uh but at this point as far as like knowing what to anticipate uh that that's why the summer and, and fall movie preview. Uh, do, we do summer and fall. Yeah, just those two, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, I think we did. We did a winter movie preview a couple of years, like mm-hmm. a little over a year ago, when the Oscars were pushed back. When sure. the eligibility was pushed sure. back, we did a preview of like January and February yes. releases that were Oscar eligible. Yes. But that was a lot, I think the only time we did a anything other than fall and summer. Yeah. Those. I mean, there regularly uh like when we do those episodes that's like the first time i'm hearing of some of those movies and then i'm like super excited about yeah them. yeah uh and then i guess these days because i i am going to see i'm trying to go to more screenings these days but i am still going to see movies and you know if you go to an amc you've got a good 15 minutes of trailers which on one hand is kind of fun in my case it's like okay so i've got a buffer uh <laughs> i don't have to show up immediately on time because I don't have to worry about getting a good seat or anything because I usually go a little bit later mm. and during the week. So I usually have a seat and it's not a problem. But um, but yeah, uh, there all you know, there's a movie coming out called Beast. Yeah. W- with Idris Elba. Yeah, we talked about it on the, on the D- summer right. movie yes, preview because yes. it's directed by uh, Balthazar Kumarkar, a director I, uh, I, I like. He made Two Guns. Oh, right. Yes, um, yes. He made Everest. Everest, which I still haven't seen. He made the, a lot of people um, really like it. It's okay. Yeah, it's not his best. I think Two Guns is maybe his best. But he also made the... Uh, we talked about Contraband, the movie with the poster oh, yeah, where Mark Wahlberg itchy, is scratching his back. Yeah, itchy yeah. Mark Wahlberg. Um, he's having a, like an allergic reaction to the money around his, yeah, so uh, I'm, around his way. I'm very excited about Beast. I am too. And and I had forgotten... Uh, that's one that I had forgotten from the, the, uh, the preview, um, our, our movie preview. Mm-hmm. And so when I saw the trailer, I was like, oh, man. I'm so excited. And then, frankly, there are some movies that I can't, based on the description, I can't really picture what it would be like. For example, what is it, 3,000 years of... Longing. Of longing? Yeah. Now, of course, it's George Miller, so it's like, well, it's going to be interesting at least. Yeah. Uh, but the premise was like, okay, I guess that sounds okay. Uh, and then I saw a trailer for it oh, okay. uh, a week ago, and I was like, holy shit! This looks so amazing. And it's just one of those things trailers. like... I think that's one of those movies that I... If there's a movie that I like, I'm 100% certain I want to yeah. see. I just won't seek out the trailer. Yeah, and, and it hasn't been playing before anything that I saw. Yeah. And, you know, that one, I was going to see it anyway. Yeah. But it uh, at the same time... But if it... I mean, did it, it... You saw the trailer before a movie or you went and sought out the trailer? No, I saw it before a movie. Yeah. I saw it before a watcher. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, so I don't really go out of my way to like... Sorry, I guess I, you know what, I, I guess it depends on my definition of out of my way. But like, for example, I do have a letterbox list of 2022 movies to see. And it's usually a situation where it's not particularly in depth, um, you know, because you can search for movies in general based on decade, based mm-hmm. on year. Uh, and so like I'll pull up 2022 and then you sort by like popularity 
Um, okay. Not necessarily release date, but like I go by popularity just or rating, uh, depending on uh, how I'm feeling at the moment. And I make sort of just a basic cursory list of about 20 movies. Obviously, I can add stuff to it, but just like just based solely on, hey, here's movies that are this year and people are interested. So just as a function of and it being letterbox, it's not all like big tentpole movies, you know. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's about as much as much research as I do um, these days. Uh, and I, the rest of the time, I, I let it come to me either through Julie's research or through movie trailers. Um, well, I would say uh, let's move on to what the effect is of of this anticipation, because I think um, I I still understand the reasons why I didn't used to want to know. Um, because now, like, with Triangle of Sadness, I've experienced the entire, like, praise and backlash cycle of a movie mm. that I won't see for months and months. Yeah. And that's, like, as much as, you know, I want, I, I want to believe that I have the 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 skills to compartmentalize and to go into a movie and and, and treat it fairly um but there's always going to be some sort of like knowledge of the discourse about a movie is going yeah. to affect because this happened here's the opposite sundance 2021 the virtual mm-hmm. sundance um or the first virtual sundance um uh i saw coda okay i liked coda mm-hmm. in january of 2021 I liked it just fine. If you had told me that 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 movie that I just saw was going to win Best Picture, I would have laughed. Yeah. Not not like in mocking, just bewilderment. How on earth would this like perfectly nice little movie that I really enjoyed with my wife and, and I teared up a little at the end, like how did that movie, what else didn't come out that that movie yeah. won Best Picture? But, um... Then the movie, like, was released on Apple, like, months ahead of... I can't remember when exactly it got released on Apple. It was, like, in the summer, I think. Yeah, it was not in the midst of Oscar season. But it was, like, a lot of these, you know, there's... Um, uh, I talked about this, actually, a little bit on the movie journal, weirdly, uh, when I was talking about Hustle. Um, uh, a lot of these streaming service debuts seem very quiet. Mm-hmm. And so it felt like Coda came out, but a lot of people didn't even really consider it or know about it or think about it until the awards push and as the awards push yeah. grew so suddenly a whole swath of people that i follow on twitter were just giving coda a chance in like january february of 2022 because because it was an oscar contender and almost universally they didn't like it mm-hmm. because they were watching it through that lens yes and i again i'd like to think that i'd have the clarity of mine and a purpose to take the movie on its own terms but i wonder if i hadn't seen it until then would i have felt differently about the movie than when it was just like a heartwarming sundance indie like you know um uh so yeah, i i said so, so I, I i do know that i run that risk it does that have to do with why you don't uh uh read much about movies that are coming out i do think that i mean it's because we do our fantasy uh, awards league, um, that does require a little bit more research earlier than I would, to the point that like there are movies I become aware of. Because of that, yeah. Because of that, that I probably would not have heard of for a good month or two. And so now, when I do finally hear about it, it's purely in terms of early buzz. Yeah. And so you just- But then sometimes those movies that we learn about when we're- (laughs) Oh yeah, Supernova. Uh, did, oh, that's good. Uh, that's a good movie. Sure. No. Um, oh, you mean like it, they turn out to be bad? But no, I mean, but no. The, but I, I was just saying that's a good movie because I want to defend it. I'm oh, just okay. saying that's a good example of a movie that like what was I, uh, Jockey this past year? <laughs> oh, that's like right. someone. Yes. One of someone in our group had Clifton Collins yeah. Jr. as like best actor for Jockey in that I movie. Think, I think he got a, a nomination for a Spirit Award. I think. But uh, okay. I don't remember exactly, but um, yeah. But yeah, that's a movie that like you read about, and then like <laughs> as far as I know, I mean, I know Jockey came out, but yeah. like as far as I can tell, it didn't. And what is and and there's that one. Uh, with Stephen Graham that I heard great things about where he's like a Gordon Ramsay type. 
Oh, um, and I saw that. Okay, it's you not, saw it. Okay. It's not great. Right. Um, uh, I can't remember what it's called. What but it's called. he was getting some some early buzz uh, yeah. as well. Um, oh, man. Why am I... What is wrong with me? Um, <laughs> I'm not that old is the, that I have, like, oh, I see. Well, brain I fog. Think, what is the name It's like a movie? super generic, like, yeah. fire-related title right I yeah think. but it's not burnt it's because not that burnt. was that's the, a different thing yeah <laughs> the bradley cooper one yeah all right i'm not gonna look it up i'm gonna figure it out i'm, I'm gonna think about it while you talk okay um but yeah so it's not dinner rush that's with uh, no uh, danny Aiello. right yeah it's a good movie yeah mark margolis is in that <laughs> he sure is <laughs> um but yeah so what are we talking about now damn it now what's wrong with me yeah um Boiling oh, yeah. point? That sounds right. I think that's right. It's yeah. Okay, I'm gonna look and see if that's and right. And boiling point isn't even strictly speaking like a kitchen term. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, wait, isn't boiling point a Wesley Snipes movie? Um, it is boiling point, but no, boiling point is it a Wesley Snipes movie or is it? Um, oh, I'm thinking of point of no return is Bridget Fonda, right? Yes. Boiling point, 1993, Wesley Snipes, Dennis Hopper. Lolita Davidovich, Viggo Mortensen, Seymour Cassell, Jonathan Banks. Damn. Yeah. Paul Gleason. Nice. Tobin Bell. Dan Hedaya. Shit, man. We, we didn't know. What is it? Is we really, point? Is it actually like 12 Angry really Men, did but like with all, 90s character actors? <laughs> did you just say we really had it all? Yeah. <laughs> um... But oh, yeah. and it's direct, okay, James, it's the final film from director James B. Harris. Okay. Um, although I guess, I guess he's still alive. Wait, is that true? Hold on. <laughs> uh, I'm going down a Wikipedia. Clearly. Um, hole because he has a, <laughs> um, wow, he's 93. He's still oh, alive. Wow. All right. Um, he has a there. movie. He was he was one of the producers of The Killing. That's how long he's been in the in the game. Um, oh my gosh! He has a uh, a movie called Mr. White's Confession that uh, Amy to be lists as being in development. I don't know at ninety three if he's going to make it. His last movie was Boiling Point, but he wow. also directed the Bedford Incident, which you weren't on the Sydney Poitier episode right. with with me and Aaron, but we talked about the Bedford Incident. Great okay. movie, really good dad movie. Okay, all you right, know? good to know. Um, okay, so, so to get back, back to, to the, the topic Grant. at hand. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, I, I do think that it's cause I, I agree with you. I want to believe, and I think I actively work to remove buzz. There are so many different types of anticipation for people like us. There's awards buzz. There's film festival buzz. There's critical buzz. There's just general word of mouth. All of that completely separate from who directed it who's mm-hmm. in it never don't even think about what is it actually about like that's not that doesn't even come into the conversation it's more of just here's the title and here's what people have been saying about it and i i do think that for the most part i i can check that at the door obviously like there's I do think that that everybody has some kind of baggage that will inform their anticipation. And in some cases, if it's like a a personal thing or or even preferences or movies they like or a filmmaker they like, I don't think you can ever fully check that at the door. If there's a filmmaker that you love and you're going to see his movie, that is there's a level of anticipation there and a level of bias there that you will that will make you probably give the film a couple more chances than you would otherwise. That I think you can't check in the, at the door and I think that's okay. Um, this kind of thing of just buzz, of just like, and boy, what a great word for it, buzz. It's just flies buzzing around your yeah. head, uh, just making this noise and you pick up on a little bit of it here and there. Uh, and yeah, I feel like it just, it can it could potentially ruin a movie because I myself, I had heard of Coda. It sounded quite nice. Um, I didn't see it. I still haven't seen it. But if I see it now, 
not only is it a movie getting awards buzz, it is a movie that the, the little movie that could win Best Picture. Yeah, and. Granted, because over at More Than One Lesson for a long time, Josh and I were doing uh, the, the the Best of Pictures uh, project where we were watching every Best Picture. You do that, and that does actually help to contextualize the concept of Best Picture. It's just like, oh, yeah, okay, 52, uh, the, what is it? The Greatest Show on Earth, a movie no one gives a shit about, no one talks about, but it was considered the best movie of that year. So like, even the term Best, best Picture doesn't mean what it used to. Uh, or doesn't mean what it could well, yeah um, or what we used to think it did yes yeah. yes um but uh but at the same time i do think there's this idea of like like oh okay and especially if you've seen a lot of movies from a certain year like in 52 it's, it's like well the only reason i'm watching greatest show on earth is because it won best picture other movies from that year i've seen because i've heard they're really good and that's why i saw them and so of course it's not going to be able to compare to those uh whereas yeah something like coda there are a number of movies that i really love from last year i've seen a number of them and yeah and coda I'm sure again I'm sure it's I'm sure it's really good I'm sure it's it's quite nice and 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 emotional and that sort of thing but yeah because it's the first film that I haven't seen the first best picture winner that I hadn't seen previous to it winning um and to this day I still haven't seen it and so now it will feel a lot like greatest show on earth a film that I probably wouldn't have seen yeah I likely wouldn't like I'm going to see coda because it won best picture Otherwise, I probably would not have gotten around to it based on critical buzz that it's a perfectly nice movie, but there are other movies out there. Yeah. I mean, you say buzz, but buzz tends to denote or, or at least connotate positive buzz. There's also a lot of there's, there's backlash. Buzz, a backlash. Sure. Yeah. There's yeah. I, I, and there is negative buzz, but I, I want to make clear that I think what I find more upsetting is backlash than, sure. than buzz. I'm like people being excited about a movie I don't think is good is bothers me less than people piling on a movie that I do think is good sure. because I've already seen it and, and I and I do feel like there's maybe some holdover of people like not trusting Apple Apple TV plus movies hmm. uh, because uh, like I, I've already seen people who hadn't yet seen cha-cha real smooth be dismissive about cha-cha real smooth because it's another Apple TV plus Sundance acquisition um and that bums me out because i have seen cha-cha real smooth and it's good it is in fact very good yeah it's not great uh i think i probably still like shithouse better as far as cooper raves films go but um cha-cha real smooth is a very good movie he's a very talented director and uh uh lumping in because you didn't like one sort of feel-good sundance indie um which also is like oversimplifying because Chacha Rosemuth isn't anywhere near as feel good a movie um, as Coda as, as Coda it's still that's not to say that Chacha Rosemuth is like super challenging yeah. it's not that um, I wish it were a little more challenging that's kind of why I like Shithouse better because uh, uh, it, it had a more prickly main character but um, uh, so I, that's that's sad to me that people are um I see people dismissing a movie before they've seen it. See, and that and that's the thing is like, so I, I talked about this idea of the, the various things that are going to, well, I mean, hypothetically, everything can contribute to a sense of anticipation of a movie. Um, and I think there are some things that are perhaps unfortunate, but acceptable, which is like, hey, here are reviews of the movie. Here's maybe some awards buzz. But like, which streaming service acquired it that and people having a positive or negative reaction to that fact now if you want to talk about how oh gosh it's unfortunate for the film that such and such a streaming service acquired it because they're not going to know what to do with it that's a different thing and that has nothing to do with the movie but to uh, to feel like well, gosh, if, if Apple TV acquired it, maybe there's something wrong with it. Like, I could see somebody thinking that. Obviously, I think that's silly. I mean, it's specifically, it's Apple TV Plus, but it's also that it's a Sundance. Sure. And it's a, I don't know. It's an, I'm trying to figure out a way to say it that isn't insulting because I like Chacha Real Smooth. But it's, a, you know, 
a movie that you can watch with your parents, I guess is what I'm saying. Okay. Like, like Coda, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so I think that sort of like safe Sundance, Apple TV plus acquisition, people are just like making those connections between Chacha Rosmuth and Coda. And they're actually not, I think there's more that's dissimilar about those movies than similar. Mm-hmm. Other than the fact that you could watch them with your parents. <laughs> I got to start using it as an example now that like, most like half the people I know, if not more than half the people that I'm friends with, are parents themselves. <laughs> sure. Yes. Huh. I do. I. This is a different uh, conversation, but I do wonder, like, you know, in 20 years, when my kids like want to watch a movie, is there gonna be a movie? It's like, oh boy, my parents are not gonna be into that. Absolutely. It's like, it's like motherfucker. I, That's what you should call your yeah, kids for the, sure. How about this? Let's sit down and watch Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. And let's see if you're ready for that. Because old dad here uh, really likes it. Um, um, honorable mention for my uh, 1986 uh, movies. You can find that out at uh, Patreon. Patreon.com slash Battleship Pretension. But, uh, um, but uh, yeah, my mom told me, like, at one time I was, um, um, uh, I was visiting. My mom was still in St. Louis before she um, moved. Uh and I was listening to music in her in her kitchen, just sitting at the laptop listening to music. I was listening to Kanye West, and it got to like uh, the lyric, like "There's leaders and there's followers. I'd rather be a dick than a swallower." And I like quickly like turned down the volume, <laughs> and I was like, she, she was like, "You spend so long trying to protect your kids from things, and then they turn around and try to protect you from things." Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, but yeah, it's. And then I also remember my little brother, who's like, w- w- was like, that's not even that bad. <laughs> that lyric. <laughs> it isn't. It's it's more just like the. It's just such a yeah. <laughs> it's such a visceral image. Yeah. It's like oh boy, yeah. It it just speaks to the. It's like you know you don't need the hard hitting uh, swear words to make an impact. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah. So as far as. Again, this idea of, of anticipation. Um, do you? So you know, with with Coda, you talked about essentially like dodging a bullet. There, yeah, I got to. Uh, there, I got to see the movie like Sands Baggage. Are there films, let's say in the last few years, that you did watch with with all kinds of it could be critical. Uh, 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 film festival buzz or or awards buzz and you saw it after it started getting that yeah, you were sure aware of are. it and it and it you feel like it did for lack of a better term prejudice you uh for or against the film yeah i'm sure that I, I i wish i could think of an an example um and i don't know that's the thing sometimes you're not like aware like i want to believe that like um for instance if you'll remember going back to tw- all the way back to 2016 uh m- my wife was like uh aghast that moonlight didn't even make my top 10 list it wasn't mm. even my, my honorable mention sure i liked moonlight it, was, it certainly wasn't it's it's it, very good it wasn't like you know low on my master list of everything in the yeah. year just like i saw a lot of movies and it didn't make the top 15 um and i'd like to think that's a completely honest reaction but maybe a part of it was that i didn't see it till award season and and uh I was thinking of it in those terms. I'd like to think it wasn't, but maybe it was. Thinking about it like, like, well, it's not that good. Yeah, I, I wonder like if, I, sort of if I... Especially because you're have, such a fan of La La Land. Um, right, that's true. You're only allowed to like one of those two movies. Apparently. Then, yeah. <laughs> um, if, the, if the Academy has to choose, yeah. uh, then so do but you. But I had liked Medicine for Melancholy. Mm-hmm. So I was in, like interested in Moonlight and I liked Moonlight didn't love it I liked If Beale Street Could Talk more than Moonlight mm-hmm. and I also wonder because I've sometimes had that like um, the example I often give is that I I enjoyed Us more than Get Out I love them both mm-hmm. but Us like was more special to me sure and I think that's a genuine reaction but there is a part of me that's like am I being contrarian is that <laughs> Is that what is that what it is? And was I doing the same thing with If Beale Street Could Talk? You know, so here's okay. Here, all right. You know, it's it's interesting. Um, the 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 way you and I t- 
talked about this episode leading up to it, the word we kept using was anticipation, but I'm starting to wonder if this is more of a conversation about the impact of buzz. Because mm-hmm. uh, there's, you know, it, in in the circles we, we run in, there's all kinds of different, all different kinds of buzz. Um, but uh, I do know that probably the, the biggest impact that it has on me is after I've had my reaction because I still have the reaction I'm going to have. Now, you know this because I've, I made a midnight call to you about 10 years ago about, oh, uh, yeah. about, um, oh my gosh, Holy Motors. Holy Motors. And which I think you now have on Blu-ray, right? I do. It's lent out at the moment, but, oh. uh, but yeah. And so there, there are movies that I see them, after just all the quote unquote right people, people that know a lot uh, and have great taste and they can speak more eloquently about movies than I can. Uh, and they love this movie. And then I, and, and a lot of them do. And then I see it and it doesn't quite work for me. And then it's like, <sighs> but I can't change my opinion either. Like I can't, talk myself into liking something that I don't. And I can't, I can't talk myself into not liking something that I do. Um, now one could say that that's, that's refreshing. It's like, yeah, but I still hate that I am, that I have the, it's not even so much an unpopular opinion. I have plenty of unpopular opinions, but (laughs) amongst certain groups, unpopular is one thing, but like, with certain movies, it's like, this opinion of mine is not merely unpopular. I think it's wrong, but God help me, I can't stop it. <laughs> and that's that's where the buzz really starts to screw with me, um, is is this idea. It's like, I can't, like, I, I, like I, I, can't, I can't stop being me, and I hate that. Like, you're I was not a, liking Top Gun Maverick. That's, you, like, that's a that's good example. On the movie journal, you were saying, like, this is me. Yeah. yeah. And you know, and I don't, don't wrong, I don't feel, I don't feel bad about not liking yeah. Top Gun Maverick, but it's, but that is a good example where it's just like everybody from, you know, uh, just a movie normie to like the, the hard, the hardest core critics I know, everybody likes that movie except me. And so it's like, I think I might be wrong. At the same time, I I can't talk myself into this. Like I I don't think I've missed anything. I just yeah. it's just not for me. But I don't disagree with them. But that's an instance where I agree that it I agree that it's a solid movie. It's just not a movie I like. There are movies where it's like I don't understand what other people see in this. This is awful. Uh-huh. Um, I did not like Booksmart. And I felt but, wrong for that. Comedy's different, though. I, you know, is, if it doesn't make you laugh, it doesn't make you laugh. Something we were saying, or that I was saying in the movie journal, because we, so so much of how we experience the world is based on our circle of social media. Sure. Um, in my corner of film Twitter, I'm in the minority for liking Booksmart. I follow all the people who don't like Booksmart. Really? Yeah. <laughs> um, I uh, didn't know any... I thought I was the only one. I thought, aside from me... Jen did not like Booksmart. I thought we were the only two. I thought everybody liked Booksmart. Well, and then here's another one to talk about. Go back to anticipation movies I haven't seen. I mentioned on the movie journal that I haven't seen Alex Garland's Men. Um, and again, in that corner of film Twitter that I follow, that I gen- I follow them because I generally line up with them. One way I don't line up with these people that I follow is there's a very strong anti-Alex Garland streak. Hmm. These are the people who did not like Annihilation. I really like Annihilation. And so a part of me, because men, I mean, I I don't know. It's probably still like taking into account all critics. I think probably more positive than negative. But Mm -hmm. men is much, it's the most mixed of Alex Garland's career as a director, I think. And I feel like that has emboldened the uh, anti-Garland critics and cinephiles who are like really trashing men and really dumping on it, really really dunking on it. Um, And I still haven't seen it. And there is a part of me that wants to like it just to like, (laughs) I don't know, 
I don't know. I don't know why I'd be sticking it to them. They don't care what I think no. of, uh, of men. But there's a there's a part of me that because I have liked Alex Garland movies that these particular critics have disliked in the past. Um, I I I want to like to like men, but also enough of these critics are people that I tend to agree with that I am worried that I won't like men at the same time. It's and and definitely me me being who I am. Um, one of my biggest concerns because uh, I remember somebody once said, "Oh, you're like a big uh, uh, you're a big like story and character guy." And I was like. Isn't every like isn't everybody like I, by which I mean like casual movie watchers like I feel like you're insulting me when you say that <laughs> and then someone said like it's like oh I think of you someone once said like oh I think of you as like an expert on like American cinema it's like ugh like I don't get me wrong I thematically I, I am usually interested in movies that like explore America that includes being extremely critical of America yeah uh, I am very interested in that sort of thing but like when someone says. Hey, you like movies in your language, right? Uh, like that's how I hear it. So like anything, I, I just I never want to be like a basic critic, but I think I and the fact that like I I respond so much to like Roger Ebert and he's considered like just such a, a middle of the road accessible critic, as though accessibility is a bad thing. Uh, but yeah, I like yeah, that's I, a big part of what is good about Roger Ebert is yeah. that he made passion for movies something that it, that people could yeah understand and as a result of that there are probably a lot of people that got into movies that might not have otherwise if it's just a a world of uh pauline's kale um but uh but yeah and so that like with men so here's here's how (laughs) here's how up my own ass i am i worry that i'm way too basic because i like men i cannot imagine the vast majority of people liking that movie one bit and yet i'm just like oh i'm so i'm so basic for liking that movie but because there there are anti-alex garland people like i I imagine they'd say like oh you just fall for any uh any random imagery he puts in in there yeah i I know i have that like sort of um that we were kind of we should probably wrap up because we're getting off the topic oh sure but i definitely have that like holding what is a pretty popular opinion and then thinking Am I basic for holding that opinion because yeah. the like fuddy duddy hoity toity critics or whatever? Because yeah. um, I still can't like. I need to revisit Prometheus because I know like I know that I've changed and what I value in a movie has changed over mm-hmm. the past ten years. But I also like really didn't like Prometheus, yeah, no, and I have a hard time seeing myself uh, uh, liking it. Um, but well, I, I, I need I need to revisit it. Watch Alien Covenant. You'll like Prometheus more. I didn't like Prometheus. <laughs> then I saw Alien Covenant. I'm like, oh, what is this? What is this height of experimentation with uh, with Prometheus? But yeah, and and so we've gotten off topic, but it is also a version of the topic because doing what we do, and even if we didn't do this, even if we weren't critics or or a teacher or whatever it is, but we were just film enthusiasts, like we we surround ourselves ourselves with film people we are interested in the larger discourse and the discourse it could be pro it could be anti it could be the buzz it could be the backlash whatever it is like that also contributes yeah to uh anticipation which is one of the reasons why honestly i i want to take more i want to take more screenings because you know similar to you with Avengers Endgame uh, we've talked about this before I saw Toy Story 4 it was the first screening in LA I went to go see it and I was like and I was like I didn't really like that I'm going to give it a, a rotten mm-hmm. on Rotten Tomatoes oops turns out I'm way in the minority and everyone just is like oh you're just being contrarian it's like there was nothing to be contrarian yeah, to yeah there was nothing yeah. but it, and so I could say but because of that I could safely say like nope I'm not being contrarian. I just didn't respond to the movie. Uh, whereas if it's a film like, you know, I saw Spider-Man uh, No Way Home like three months after it came out. And by that time, people were saying like, this is a movie that deserves to be best picture, which is dumb, obviously. But um, so by that time, it's like, oh, shit, man. Like, there's so much, in this case, public buzz about yeah. this movie that like I there's like when I when I finally told people that I was going to go see it, they're like, oh, man. 
because they'd already seen it like two or three times like yeah. oh man let me let me know what you think i'm just like oh boy <laughs> if i don't care for it i'm just gonna be the asshole critic that doesn't like what everybody else likes um but yeah and so yeah. of course going into it at that point it it didn't actually have awards buzz it had normie awards buzz um but also the 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 aware (laughs) that's what that was the award that the academy tried to like (laughs) the normie award yeah um uh, fan voted yeah the mtv movie awards um but uh but yeah and so um but yeah that's and that was the other thing is like this is a film that everybody loves and, and critics too but like this is a movie that everybody loves like Am I just gonna be the the you know what is his name Victor Crowley? Is that his name Victor Crowley? I don't know. There's Alistair like a, Crowley. Alistair Crowley's the the Satanist, <laughs> the Satanist right? Satanist, yeah. I think Victor Crowley's like the the old uh, very catty critic. I might be thinking somebody else, but um, well, they're oh. you know what they were all pretty catty back yeah. then. Um, no, I know who you're talking about. That's uh, is that Victor though? No. Is it like is it ba- Bosworth? Bosworth Crowley, I think. Yes, yeah. something, like, something that. like that. Which, of course, is what a perfect name. Like, that's absolutely yeah. either a murder victim or murderer in an Agatha Christie novel. But um, is it Bosworth or is it? I don't think it's Bosworth because nothing's coming up. Um, is it like Bosley Crowd Crowther or Crowder? I don't oh, maybe that's it. Um, but yeah, so Victor Crowley, that might be the name of a murderer, actually, now that I think about it, like in a uh, in like a slasher genre. I think that might be the guy from like yeah. Hatchet or, or something. Bosley Crowther. Bosley Crowther. Yeah. So uh, in, in like a, a criticism class, like we read like all these uh, old time critics. Yeah. And uh, incidentally, by the way, I currently literally on my on my table right here, I've got a collection of uh, James Agee. I saw that. Holy shit. He was a wonderful writer absolutely astonishing and catty as can be but boy if he insulted you you felt good about it um and so but yeah i just didn't i just don't want to be i don't know it's i feel like most of my anticipation is more about how my reaction will be received Hmm. uh and obviously that is not a good way to live (laughs) well that's a, a weird place to end it but we probably should end it. You can end it somewhere else if you like. <laughs> I don't have anything else okay. to say. <laughs> um, you can find us at battleshipretention.com. You can email us at david at battleshipretention.com or tyler at battleshipretention.com. You can follow me, David, on Twitter at davypretension. Um, check out my other podcast, The One Where I Met Your Mother. It's where my wife and I watch an episode of Friends and an episode of How I Met Your Mother every week. Uh, this week we were on three, uh, season three, episode seven. And Tyler, we got a double dose of Maggie Wheeler. Who? Maggie Maggie Wheeler plays Janice on Friends, aka oh, the best oh, character oh. ever. Okay, um, and we watched an episode of How I Met. So, we, and she was in the episode that we watched, Friends. And then Maggie Wheeler played a real estate agent on the How I Met Your Other episode that we watched immediately after. It was a it was a great coincidence. Do you think? Do you think it was a situation where? Well, I mean, the coincidence is fun, but do you think it was a situation where it's like, well, this is just a working character actress, actress? Yeah. Or do you think it's like, but hey, we're w- this is kind of the friends for this generation. Let's have this. No, because it's it's a on. totally different character. Okay. It was just that coincidence, but the coincidence was that she's in season three, episode seven of both yeah. shows. That's you know, cool. fourteen years apart, or uh, no, shit, uh, eleven years apart. Okay. Um, Anyway, so that's that. Uh, you can check that out at battleshipretention.com. You can follow Tyler on Twitter at Tyler Pretension. Tyler, what do you have to plug this week? So I have uh, multiple things on battleshipretension.com right now. You can read my review of Jurassic World Dominion. You can read my uh, fairly ecstatic review of uh, Baz Luhrmann's Elvis. Uh, and then I also wrote, uh, I haven't done any follow-ups on it yet, but I wrote a, a fairly extensive article about uh, a, a, a writing project i'm going to be embarking on where i'm going to be reviewing all of uh, the daily wires movies we'll see how that turns out <laughs> i don't it's possible i won't be able to make it to the end of them yeah. uh and if anybody has a problem with the fact that i'm doing that read the article first how about that read that and you'll yeah, the understand why a i'm good, doing it like explanation of Thank of you. the of the uh impetus behind the project yes. um but yeah i'm 
curious slash nervous to see where it, go, where it goes as well. I've seen, well, the thing is I've seen one of them and I just, I would like to rewatch it uh, before I write about it, but, uh, and I didn't care for it. And, but some of them, like one of them is like by DJ Caruso. Yeah. Uh, the new one, the Western is one of the Polish brothers. Yeah. No, so I, it's like, okay. I would say the one that I'm really interested to see how you navigate is the documentary because how are you going to like, based on your, mission statement of reviewing this as filmmaking how are you going to do that when it's a, a polemic documentary i don't know i mean it's how does somebody review like a michael moore film like you, you almost you almost can't avoid talking about the issue itself but really it's yeah. just in the end with something like that i would do what i do with a michael moore film which is review tone and uh and if i feel like i'm being actively manipulated uh in the filmmaking uh, yeah. which is something i don't usually like so i'm curious to see how, so, that, how that goes i'm yeah i'm a little nervous because i because the guy who he didn't direct it but he hosted matt walsh i am on record as not liking matt walsh uh even in those few instances where i guess not few but like in those instances where he and i like agree politically it's just like can we have somebody else say what you're saying because <laughs> look i realize you have no control over your voice <laughs> it happens but your tone your cadence everything is just quince fingernails on a chalkboard to me well he's one of those goof nuggets that only comes up pops up in my twitter feed when he says something particularly stupid course, so i don't know what course. his like mainline twitter stuff is like he only gets like when he said that there's like no women no reason no reason that a man and a woman should be friends <laughs> like <laughs> That was during the whole, like, Mike Pence is, in, is never alone with women thing. Sure, that sure. He was, like, basically said, like, there's no reason for a man to be friends with a woman. <laughs> basically was the argument. I mean, a lot of people dunked on him for that. That's, but that's, like, the only association I have with him. Yeah. it's uh, yeah, And what's interesting is he's one of those guys, because he's been around a while, like, as a commentator. And he's one of the... And, and I used to, like, read his stuff many years ago. And he is one of those people, and you hear about it, who amped up his rhetoric as he got more popular to the point where I'm like, I don't like this anymore. Yeah. Like he has changed. Even when we agree, it used to be, I actually liked the way he was phrasing yeah. something I agree with. And now it's like, ah, I, I can't align myself with this based purely on tone and, and, and yeah. just how he expresses himself. So yeah, the idea of whew, an entire documentary hosted by him. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Yeah, well, you can see it at BattleshipRetention.com. Uh, other than that, thanks for listening. We'll get you next time. Bye. Bye. This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet. 